This podcast is sponsored by King Manual Therapy, restoring function to body and voice. Hello and welcome to Industry Minds, a podcast which discusses the importance of talking about mental health within the creative arts. My name is Kathy Reid. And I'm Scarlett Maltman. And today we are joined by an incredible man in our industry. He's an internationally acclaimed and award-winning songwriter and composer who has worked with an array of wonderful performers. The list includes Grammy award-winning and Tony award-winning artists such as Sutton Foster, Adrian Lennox, uh, Megan Hilty and Leah Salonga, to name but a few. He has released eight albums since 2007 and toured with sold-out concerts all over the world. This wonderful person is no stranger to discussing mental health and raising awareness. He's currently over from the States and we are thrilled to be in the company of Scott. Alex. Hey, uh, hey, thanks for having me. How was that long intro? I liked it. It's very nice. <laughs> good. I liked it. Good, good, good. Some people often find it a little bit awkward. No, I love it. Thank you. I'll, I'll take anything. Fantastic. Yay. I'm also a little sleepy, so I'm, I'm going in and out. <laughs> you can listen back to it. I, I will, I will. So Scott, we always start with a word association game. Great. Okay, so first word that comes into your head. Are you ready? Yeah. Grand Piano. Beautiful. Hershey's Kisses. Delicious. London. Delicious. Creativity. The heart. Love. The mind. Bubble baths. Soothing. Writing. Soothing. Concerts. Stressful. Harry Potter. Soothing. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably the quickest Words yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow! I wish I had a medal. So wow! Like, yes, yes. I, I wish I had a medal yeah. too. This is very disappointing. <laughs> My God. We'll, we'll, we'll post you one. We'll yeah, post please. You one. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so Scott, we usually start right at the beginning. Yes. Where did your creativity and love for music begin? Talk us through your journey and early life leading into the arts. Yeah, of course. Um, I loved uh, music and musical theatre very early on. My, my Papa Louie was a very big lover of music. And so he would put on records all the time. And then I think at the, when I was very young, he played me Oliver, the, the cast recording of Oliver. And I just sort of fell in love with everything that was associated. And um, I just started singing it around the house. And then it literally went from like... Randomly, like I, I went from Oliver, I guess I liked prostitutes or something because I went from <laughs> Oliver to Les Mis very quickly. So it was like, a, you know, mm-hmm. a, a nice morph. Um, and, you know, it, instantly I just knew that there was something about music that just like, you know, you're both performers. There's mm-hmm. something about it. Uh, it's our universal language and it's sort of just sat inside of me. So musical theater was definitely a highlight for me. I didn't know at the time that I wanted to be a writer. Um interestingly enough I would always pay attention whenever I bought um, CDs like of my favorite artist I would always look to see who wrote the songs and I was very associated with the writers and I always I knew that I loved Diane Warren and Walter Afanasieff and uh, Stephen Schwartz I knew the things that I would notice in, in writers and I would associate them um, with other you know solo recording artists and I would start looking for almost like especially with Diane Warren who was one of my favorites uh, early on with Celine Dion I would look at whatever it was that she was associated with and I Mm -hmm. would sort of make sure that I would start looking into other you know artists that was associated with her and that's sort of where I fell in love with you know Taylor Dane and Tina Arena and uh 
So just, just associating myself with other writers. Um, and it wasn't until I was around uh, 17, 18 years old that I actually started writing for the very first time. So music was just always a love of mine. And, uh, you know, I thought I would be a musical theater performer. Mm -hmm. um, thank God I'm not. <laughs> um, so, uh, and then I sort of just drifted into the world of writing. Yeah, thank uh, goodness you did. So you've always been very open with your experiences with mental health. Yes. Could you talk us through your journey with mental health so far? Sure, of course. Um, I think when I was younger, I never really realized what was happening with my body. Um, I always knew that there was this sadness that was sort of way over me, but I always thought it had a lot to do with being bullied and not having a tight relationship with my family. Um, but it was very odd. Like I never really discussed it. Um, it wasn't until later in life that I started really noticing there was changes happening. Like I would wake up and there would just be this this silver cloud that was just weighing over my head. And, I, and no matter what I did, even if I was at the happiest of my life and I had money in the bank, I still just felt this cloud that just sat over me. And then, you know, it would just, it would last a day or a week or a month or a year. And all of a sudden it would just drift away, just like that. Um, and so I didn't really understand why it was happening until I started seeing a psychiatrist in the States and I started having a conversation and that's when they said, well, it's an association with your body. Is anyone else in your family suffer from mental health? And they do. Um, but again, none of the rest of the people in my family had ever been properly diagnosed at that time. Um, until after I had been diagnosed, I think it started a chain reaction. I got diagnosed, I got put on medication, and other people in my family did the same. Um, so, it w I didn't know at the time about speaking about mental health, not just not because I was scared to do so, but because I didn't think that I had any authority to do so. And it wasn't really until I wrote uh, a song on my third album called Anything Worth Holding On To uh, that Crystal Monet Hall had originally sung on uh, What I Want to Be When I Grow Up um, that I was able to start delving further into the conversation. Um, because I, And I started very slowly. And then from there, it started to become something that I would notice people would sort of, and, and it was always a secret, people would take me to the side and say, you know, I, I don't tell anyone, but I suffer from mental health, or I think I suffer from mental health, or uh, I was in a hospital, and I think this is what it means. And, um, and then I started realizing this is something that I need to do. This is part of it. This is part of my story. And this is part of the thing that I was brought here to do, because suffering from mental health is not fun and um, dealing with the things that we have to deal with is not fun and uh, you have to give yourself a reason for why you're quote-unquote blessed with what is happening to your body and that is the decision that I made that if I have to live like this for the rest of my life I have to make sure that there's a positive to be taken from it so that's what I did yeah yeah and you really did like You've touched so many people yeah. through your music. You really have. Sexually as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With permission, by the way. This, we're, not, we're not talking about a hashtag me too. Consent was yeah, given. Consent was always given. Oh, another scan is good. Always given. 
Amazing. Um, so on that topic of music, um, music is such an incredible art form, and as I just mentioned, your, your music in particular speaks to and inspires so many, purely because of how open and honest mm-hmm. you, you, you write, um, and it makes it so relatable to everyone listening. Um, what led you um, into the decision of open, opening up in such a creative way? I, I, know, I know it can be so difficult to, um, like, like I write down my thoughts, but I would never put that out there, and I know that can be that can be quite yeah. a scary thing. How how was that when you when you first put it out, and then you've seen all this amazing response? I didn't know any different because I'm not a trained songwriter. Like I never, I didn't learn how to read music. I still don't know how to read music well. I read chords now. That's it. I just started. Literally, and I hate it because I'm so much better having it all in my memory. And uh, for this concert, I'm trying to read chords that were on the CDs, like the actual arrangements instead of my own versions. And it's becoming problematic because I'm messing up left and right. Um, So I didn't know at that time any different. All I knew is that writing for me was therapy, just like singing should be. And I would sit down on the piano and I would play chords. I didn't know what chords they were. I didn't know what I was doing. I was 17, 18, never really played piano before. We had one in the house, but I never really played, played. And um, and so I would just, you know, write. My first song was uh, a song from Dreaming Wide Away called Kiss the Air. I was much longer at the time. And, um, I don't know, I just started, I, I needed an outlet. My parents were getting a divorce, I needed an outlet for it. I, I wrote Kiss the Air from the standpoint of my father to my mother, just so I could sort of understand why it was happening. And uh, and then Neverland, uh, Never Neverland Fly Away was the second song I ever wrote. And weirdly enough, and I never really, dis- I, I have discussed it since, but at the time I didn't discuss that Neverland was about a suicide attempt. So it's so funny because people hear the joy in it, which I now hear because I've come so far. But it, at the time, it wasn't. It was a plea to my, my my mom saying, "Please give me back something, you know, that I give me back a time when I didn't have to deal with this." Um, and I had written it like I had gone. I, I went to a hospital and then I came home and I sat down on the piano and I wrote that. I think it's weird because I know Kiss the Air was my first song, but I remember Neverland starting. Like I'd started it, so I guess technically it was like the beginning of a first song, and then I later finished it. Um, and so, uh, in terms of um, therapy, that's all I ever really knew was to sit down. When my when I came out to my mom, um, she had a really hard time with it, so I wrote her "Blessing," which is on the second album, Keys. Um, a dear friend of mine found out he was HIV positive, um, and I wrote "Always" for him. So. I didn't know any uh, breakups, it's good to see you again, now, behind these walls, lots of breakup songs. Um, so I didn't really know any different other than to sit down at a piano, and again, because I didn't know what chords were, I just would literally sit there and just sing my heart out. And I always said, uh, with the exception of a few songs from some of the albums that I don't love, but I always said that if I was feeling emotionally connected and I was crying while I was writing them, they were a good song. And that's how I always knew that it, there was something in it. And funny enough, those songs are always the ones that people perform, the ones that yeah. I know were mm-hmm. everything you yeah. know, that I had to give at those times. So really, it, it wasn't until anything we're holding on to that, and even that time, my musical director didn't even want to put it on the album. He thought it was too hard. 
um, even for American standards. He's, he's thought, this is too much information to be sharing at this time. Um, and we had worked together since Dreaming Wide Awake. But I don't know. I was so proud of it. I was also so proud of the last line, but I will still be holding on to everything worth holding on to. So I really loved the ending. And, um, and then he wanted to do this full production. I said, no, just piano and vocal, and that is it. Yeah. And, um, and even then, it really it didn't catch on. It wasn't until Cynthia Revo performed it at the O2 concert that it, people started noticing the song and going, oh, and that's what it's... And then, it, literally from there is where I started noticing that it was okay to talk more about this. Because I was writing from a different standpoint up to that point. Um, and then literally after that, it was like, all right, here we go. Because, you know, there's, there's even songs like uh, Take Me Away, which was on the third album, which deals with mental health issues as well, but not in your face ways, you know? Yeah. And if you listen to like key parts of like different songs, like even Nothing More, where it's, you know, let you know, uh, a husband and a child be my legacy instead of a song. There's still a plea in it, you know? So it's about how you find it, I guess, you yeah, know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And do you, do you find it quite overwhelming or, or difficult, assuming you obviously do get quite a lot of performers coming yeah. up to you and saying how much your music has, has helped them? How how do you deal deal with that side of it? Because obviously it's incredible, but yeah. I can imagine it can be... It's not at all. <laughs> no, really? I love... Well, because... Well, I always say this. You should always be a fan, right? Stay a fan. So I'm still a fan of everything. Like, I, there's performers come up to me and talk to me, but, like, I'll be like, oh, my God, it's Laura Osnes. You know, like, you get, like, you still, like, I'll see Simon Foster. We've recorded together, and still I'd see her on the street in her little red coat. Oh. And um, we live next door to each other in New York City. And so I'd see her all the time, like, every single day. And she'd say, hey, Scott. And I would still be like... Just said hi to me. She knows me. Like, and we had spent like a whole day in the studio. Um, So it's still one of those things where I'm still just a fan. So, you know, and then when new talent come up to me, they're going to be the feature of the West End and Broadway, you know, tomorrow. So you better be nice because you're going to need them, you know, a lot. So, you know, I think there, there was a moment after Dreaming Wine White came out because it became sort of a cult-followed album mm-hmm. that the ego built up, but you learn <laughs> it crashes really quickly. I mean, you not only that, you, you, it's, it's all fake. You know, people start wanting to be a friend and you're paying right. for everyone and you're taking care of people. And, mm-hmm. and then literally once the third album came out, it was like, done. I'm done. I this is not my life, and mm-hmm. I you know, and the album wasn't that successful. That third album, and it was like you just really learn, and then you watch people just sort of oh Scott Allen, he's so yesterday, and they walk away, and it's like a very big difference. And so you have to appreciate if you're touching someone's life, you have to appreciate yeah. it, you know. So yeah, absolutely, yeah. Sure. So um, as we've already said, you openly discuss and share about your journey with depression mm-hmm. as you rightly should. Yeah. Um, how have you found that the acceptance of mental health has changed throughout the years? How have I found that it's... Well, we were just talking about this on our walk over here. Um, I mean, just here alone, I mean, the fact that, you know, you have Prince Harry and, you know, Prince William and the Duchess talking about it. I mean, it's a huge thing to have someone openly communicate in such a powerful position. And I think, in a weird way, I, I cannot imagine what it's like to be in 
junior high and high school uh, with social media? I can't imagine because there's so much bullying. But on the flip side, there's so much support at the same time from very strong, powerful people that deal with mental illness and are finally talking about it. And because of that, I think the change has sort of become so much more essential. Um, you know, I think it has to be a daily conversation because it's a daily life. You know, you live it 24 hours a day. No matter, even on the days that you're great, you ha you can't help but wonder: Is today a rarity? Will I wake up tomorrow? Because it does. It sort of it like hits sudden. You know, I you just don't know if it's going to come back. And you know, I go through them. And the interesting thing is, I'm married now, and my husband. Two things that are interesting. Everyone always says to me. Oh well, you must be writing such happy songs now. I'm like, no, 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 I am not. I still suffer from mental illness. Like that will not change. I might be happier, but my body doesn't always know that. My body wakes me up and says, nope, go back to bed. Go back to bed. You want to sleep today, or go pick up some whiskey. You need to numb this pain. You, I mean, it's so hard to explain to those that don't suffer, but. You know, it just, it, 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 it's unaware of what it's supposed to be. It's unaware of where you're supposed to be in your life. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's just a part of us, yeah. you know, and it's going to be a constant and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. I'm on very high antidepressants and anxiety pills and they've been working and, uh, but I still go back and the, the second interesting thing with my husband is that, you know, he has to deal with it. He's never dealt with it before. So, you know, he now suffers from anxiety, I think because I brought it into his life because now he has to like navigate this person that just shuts off, you know, because when I'm home, I'm always on the go. And so when I'm home, I just want to sit. So he'll come home and want to tell me about his day. And I'm like, can you just shut up? I just want to watch TV and just sit alone. You do that too. Yeah. I just want to sit alone and just watch TV and forget about the day. And that's all I want. So, yeah. shh, shh, little baby, shh. <laughs> uh, you know, it's tough. And then after I lost my, my dog, after Billy passed away, that was so hard because dogs are what get you out of the house yeah. in the morning. You know, it's the thing that makes you, ha you have to go on a walk. They need to go on a walk. So when I lost him, I was just stuck in my house. For a month, I mean, I didn't do anything. I just slept in Florida for literally 31 days. And then finally, one day, I just was like, I'm going to try to get up and do something. I stayed in my house, but I started doing other things other than sleeping. Mm -hmm. I was smart enough not to drink during that entire period. I said, do not have a drink because you're just going to hurt yourself even yeah. more. So I didn't. I think I drank the first night and then I was like, never again. Never again. I will not do this again. I've got so. two cocker spaniels in Scotland, and they are literally my life. They are. I like, mean, dogs are incredible. Humans I mean. suck. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, animals are the. Whether you have a cat, I'm not a cat person, but not like person. you know, I don't even like the musical. But like, <laughs> if, whether you're a cat person or you're a dog person, that's up for debate for yourself, dog. But um, you know, they bring so much love and joy yeah. into your life because they're not talking back. They're not stressing always your life there. out. They're always there for you. Yeah.
Yeah. Do you, um, did you ever find it difficult? Um, I know you, you cancelled your your show in LA to focus mm-hmm. on your family, yeah. personal life. But did you struggle to put on put, put on that pause? Because you know, as actors, yeah. it's so hard to focus on. Well, it's not now, but it was like, oh, I I have to be there for I the industry. Oh, I yeah. cannot take a break. I have to yeah. be there, be be the best version of me for. And it's just shit, isn't it? It's yeah. bullshit. Like, yeah, yeah you I think. In your family. Yeah, but I the moment I said no. I was happy with it. Yeah. And it's just sort of like, you know, it's done and uh, it's okay. It's, you know, it's what is best for us. And, you know, we're going to start um, classes for fostering, you know. Amazing. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we'll see what's next. You know, hopefully within a year, two years, we'll be able to have kids and, you know, we'll take a nice break for. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I'll be taking a break from the arts altogether. It just yeah. means concerts yeah. right now have to be ixnade. Yeah, uh, because it's it just it drains not only me but it drains Jerry. He has to be home with the kids and he has to travel for work. And so it's like, you know, two people are traveling and yeah. you know, and I you know I want to stay home with the kids once they're there. And, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, we'll That's we'll so see exciting. what happens. Yeah, we'll see. So we'll see what's next. So you know, it's hard because you you know you you just never know. Uh, but you know, whatever's supposed to happen for us will happen oh for my us. God. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. yeah. My, my, my biggest thing and Jerry's biggest thing with, you know, what, who, who's going to provide the sperm for the child if we were to do it that way uh, and not foster. We're, we're open to everything right now. So we're just sort of trying to tackle every side of it is the depression side of it. I mean, that is, I think you go, I don't want to pass this down to a child. I mean, every, something's going to be passed down to a child, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he has cancer on his side of family. And so something's going to be passed down. But I just it's so painful living like this, you know? And so I just, I get so scared of passing that down. That's probably my biggest fear. Yeah. You know, that's my, that's my biggest fear with surrogacy. So we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens. See what happens. But, yeah, happen. but you know, it's so interesting because I think the stress is on women more than men. You know, you get asked the question all the time. So when are you going to, like the moment you get married, so now when are you going to have kids? And it's like, I don't know if I want to have kids or I do want to have kids or that's not, none of your damn business. You know, let us be happy in the relationship. Or let me be single for a while. Who cares? Let, let me be an individual yeah. and learn about myself first Absolutely. or learn about my relationship and see where we go from yeah. here. You know, it's like, so difficult. Yeah, I always say I'd want to give my child like the best possible life. Yeah. And just now, like, there's no way I could give a little mini Scarlet a good life. Yeah. You know I mean? like well, it's hard. I mean, and I think women also have it hard because you guys have postpartum depression. Exactly. Um, I don't know if you guys discussed that at all with the podcast. That would be a really interesting yeah, um, segment to yeah. find someone. But, uh, you know, that's another thing that you have to yeah. deal with. And, you know, I think it's very difficult, you know. So, it is. Yeah. yeah. It, even, even like the hormones and emotions you, you go through when you are carrying your child as well. Like Completely. Something else. Yeah. It's, it is. It's, well, when you have your period as well, I mean, you oh, deal with this all the time. You know, it's so interesting because I've done so much research on different forms of depression and stuff. But women don't talk about their periods enough, and what that comes in with depression, and it's like this whole. Yeah. And, and men go through our own little cycle as well. I mean, yeah. so it's just there's so much that people just don't talk about, and it's I like know. it's it, there's it, it, I mean, how much can you cover? Yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. it's it's just just so much to to yeah. discuss with people. And we all go through it, like yeah. But it needs to be yeah, discussed. Exactly. Funny enough, I'm the guy. He's like, let's talk about our periods. <laughs> um, 
but it needs to be discussed. It's yeah. one of those things because it's part of it, you know? So, yeah. yeah. It's like, I feel like as humans, we just don't, we try and just like hide like inevitable things. Yeah. We? we do. I mean, it, to, to women's, uh, it's not their fault. It's men are so uncomfortable about talking to women about their period yeah. and that's our fault yeah. we put that on you mm-hmm. so you know that's that's something we have to deal with but you mm-hmm. guys should be able to say loud and proud I'm maybe, on my period maybe, maybe and I'm it sucks you should you should yeah I, I have my period I need a C I need a C yeah, yeah. I can't imagine what that's like. I can't imagine what childbirth is it's like. There's like, so much. It's an unnecessary punishment for not being pregnant every Yeah. Day. It's like, you're not yes. pregnant, now bleed for five days. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. You're like, really? Yeah. Really? Biology? Yeah. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah. It's yeah. not very nice. It's but not It's not fair. We all have to deal with it. So, yeah. Not me. <laughs> I don't even have to deal with it with a wife. Yeah. So it's, it's fine. True. Yeah. It's and now, a word from our sponsor, King Manual Therapy. Hi there, this is Ronan from King Manual Therapy. Here at King Manual Therapy, we believe that listening to our clients is how we get our results. The consultation process at the beginning of each treatment is as important as the physical treatment itself, because this is where we understand and listen to our patients and understand what they actually need us to do. Therefore, each treatment is tailored to our clients and not just protocol. Which means we're not just treating the pathology, but the person. Um, so, something that we discussed on the way here as well. Um, how do you think mental health is approached in the UK in comparison to the USA? And what should the UK be doing more of? Well, I think in the US we um, you know, uh, love therapy. Mm-hmm. We need therapy and we're very aware of it. But our health insurance covers our therapy. Um, so that's also very helpful. I think what you guys are doing uh, with your 25 pound um, therapy, you know, for people should be taken upon by everyone. I mean, yeah. it's something that everyone should be wanting to be associated with because that's an incredible deal. You know, I think that is, that's the start. Yeah. You know, just, just have someone to talk to that, you know, has no um, conversation against you. They just want to hear and listen. And just to be able to talk, get things off your chest is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have someone say to you, well, either it's time to see a psychiatrist or uh, it's time to maybe think about medication and go to the next step or just keep it as therapy. Because not everyone that suffers from mental illness needs to mm-hmm. um, you know, go on medication. Um, so I think that is the main thing. I think, again, at the beginning, the, what the, the princes are doing right now and the duchess is doing is really important work. Yeah. Um, and so they should be really be applauded yeah. for that work. And me yeah. and my sister were talking about that the other night about mental illness and mental health. And, um, you know, it's just so wonderful that they're getting the word out further. Because, yeah. you know, from what we've read about Diana, she also suffered tremendously. Yeah. Um, with a lot of, uh, now this is all speculation from her diaries that have been published, um, but with suicide attempts and, you know, so if it does pass along in in family genes, you know, Harry's already said it's something that he has to suffer with since the death of his mom. And uh, that might've just been the beginning for him, you know, again, speculation from what he's already said. And um, 
So I think what they're doing is really wonderful, but I think what you guys are doing is just equally as wonderful. So continue that and get that word out mm -hmm. further because I think that's really fantastic. Um, well, that's what, that's what we want to do. And even we know that 25 pounds is still sometimes a stretch for people who really are mm -hmm. kind of on on the breadline sometimes. But, but you're also at the start of it, so yes, you don't know, the, exactly. you know if it, the more it becomes, the more therapists you can bring into the mix. Yeah, you might be, they might be, all right, we can bring this therapist who's 25 pounds, but this person can see you via Skype and that's 10 yeah. pounds or five pounds. Yeah. You know, there's there's an open door yeah, yeah. for something down the line, but it has to start somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's ridiculous. See, it? that's the difference in our health plans, you know? Yeah, you guys don't have to, there's so many positives, but then there's so many negatives well, at the I same was, time. Well, I was going to say, do you think that it's slightly easier to seek help in America if because your therapy is covered by your insurance plan? Well, yes, I think that's definitely, again, there's so many negatives to yeah. our health plans, but I think that would be our positive. If you have a good health plan, you know, it could be free, it could be $10. Um, it's expensive if you don't have a health plan. I mean, yeah, people yeah. pay up to $200, $250 per hour. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's really, it, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know the health plan system too well here outside. So, mm -hmm. you know, but to wait for two years for, you know, a therapist, you know, and help is ridiculous. I can call a therapist and be seen within an hour, um, wow. you know, in America. So, yeah. yeah. I, th I think it's just a, it, it's really, the NHS is in a huge crisis over here and obviously, yeah. Um, with Brexit at the time of recording, it hasn't quite happened yet, but we don't know what's going to happen with the NHS. Mm -hmm. My mum is um, about 10 years away from retirement and she says that she's kind of glad she's not starting out in it now because she doesn't know what it's going to be. Yeah. And just like those services just aren't funded enough when it's clear that it is so, so important right. and so vital. So, um, I mean, obviously, anything we can do is industry minds to help. We're on a mission. We're on a mission. You should we be. Are. I mean, we that's are. great. You guys should be really proud of yourselves, you know. And anything I can do to help, please let me know. Oh, you know? thank you so yeah. much. Thank we you. really appreciate that. So your musical, yeah. uh, The Journey, My Story Through Music, yeah. is a one-man musical that raises themes of depression, mental health, sexuality, and sexual abuse in a really honest way. Yeah. Was putting your story to music in this kind of musical song cycle a way of dealing with your mental health? Uh, yeah, I mean, I only did that, I did that at Sedell, um, what was it, four years ago now? Um, we just did that month-long um, session of it, which it was, it wasn't that difficult, actually. I don't know, I, <laughs> I don't know, I think there's a time when you just don't, I, there's a time when you just let go, you know, the, there's, I don't know, it's sort of refreshing to talk about your story. Doing it every night was hard. Yeah. I, I'm not really a singer. So yeah, you are. No, no, no. How and, you can sing? Yeah, no. And um, <laughs> so when you have to do that every night and belt every night and um, sing I'm a star every night, you know, stuff like that, yeah. it's not that easy. Um, so I think that was probably the more difficult thing. You know, being on a stage is hard for me because of my vertigo. So. Yeah. Um, that's difficult by itself. I mean, you probably notice I move a lot because of my vertigo, so it's to keep myself sort of positioned properly. Um, uh, but, you know, so being on a stage for a long period of time, but writing the show, no, it was, it was refreshing. You know, to just sort of like, oh, I know that that's the wrong answer. It's probably no, easier no, no. to say Ooh, like, it was so tough. No, <laughs> um, no, I just, 
I don't know. I got to a point where I, it's just so nice to just be there. Mm-hmm. And even when we did the Disagio Come, the song cycle uh, that we did recently at the Cockpit Theater, um, I always put mental health in the show. So I yeah. put that in there with Dean's character mm-hmm. um, and took that journey there. And so, you know, I think that's refreshing as well. I mean, I never want to stop talking about something that's important to me. And, you know, it's funny, even at last night's concert, I repeat myself often, you know, on stage, like I'll talk about mental health. I don't have a transcript of things to say. I just speak from my heart. So everything, every night it's a different comment. But, you know, I'm like, there are people that come every night to these concerts, you know, they're 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 the diehard fans. And I'm like, you guys are probably so tired of hearing this speech, <laughs> but that's okay. This isn't for you. This is for the people that need to hear it for the first time. And you'll always have someone, at least one person come up to you, if not, you know, half of the audience that come up to you and say, thank you so much for talking about that. Thank you so much. And, and, you know, going back to the question about what more can we do, just conversation is more we can do. I mean, the less that people are nervous about having the conversation, the less stigma that's associated with it. I mean, people hear that you're on, you know, lots of medication, they think crazy, but, you know, you got to let go of that stigma because... I'm not, yeah. I'm not crazy no. and you're crazy if you're not on medication and you need it that's, yeah. that's crazy absolutely. to me you know? yeah, absolutely. Why, why hurt yourself even more yeah. you know? sure. I love that yeah, yeah. yeah. You, I mean you, you take medication for any other like illness that you yeah. have and if medication is yeah. what you need for the mind yeah for it then then you take it absolutely and, yeah it's I've important. done that about yeah. I don't mind saying I've no. done it, no so. you even said maybe I might need to go back on yeah. it I mean it's it's important to say you know I have it's funny with my husband now because there was a time when I said and this is something that men deal with I think women probably deal with it too sexually we you know when you're on uh, high doses of medication it's very hard to keep an erection and I, th- I would think women probably have a hard time yeah, you guys probably say dry right. yeah um, as well I'm sorry we're getting very graphic no, but, no, you know, but, it's... but you know I'm, I, I don't know if women have that I think yeah. they probably yeah, do yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so you know there, there's been times when I'm like you, you, you know I take medication to, to be intimate with my partner and that's what I have to do and that was hard at the beginning for him to realize that like he had to say to me I want to be intimate tonight it can't just happen right away and that was what needed to happen and now there are times when I get frustrated and I'll say, I should lower my dosage of my, my antidepressant. He's like, don't you dare. I don't want to see you like that. Like I never want to, he's, cause he's never really seen me at a very low, low. Yeah. Cause I've been on my medicine for so long now that I've, I really haven't had a major low in, since then. Knock on wood. Yes. Um, yeah. I've had lows, but nothing like what yeah. I would be like without my medication. So, you know, it's it's conversation. It's a lot of conversation. Absolutely. And it's a you know and it's talking about these things, these very particular yeah. things where you have to say this is what will happen, this is what might not happen. You might have to deal with this, you know, and so be it. Yeah. So yeah. be it, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's like being the it, you are sick with mental health, but you know that moment when you have a cold and you're sick and there's that distance and you're yeah. like I, ju- I want to but I can't and I don't my body doesn't want me to. Yeah. Or when you're really in a low period and you just don't want to be touched. Yeah. You're like don't, but you want to be touched yeah. but you don't want to be touched. 
Um, so Scott, have you found through your career that your music has changed or been influenced as your mental health has changed? Yeah, I think we talked about that a little bit before. Yes, yeah. it's, uh, I think the moment that I was able, once Cynthia saying anything worth holding on to, everything sort of changed I because that. I was sort of more open to talking about it and just being okay with it, yeah. you know? And, and not just being okay with it, but being able to go there. Yeah. You know, like there's a song on one of my albums called I'm in Pain. I go there. There's a new song I wrote called The Joke, which is all about mental, you know, illness and yeah. feeling like the joke at all times. Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, you just, again, you just lay down your life and you mm -hmm. just say, this is who I am. It's okay. I love that. Yeah. What's your favorite song that you wrote? Anything with all the other yeah, I think it's, you know, I think sometimes it changes. If I went today, it was one of them for a very long period of time. But anything worth holding on to, still, because it does so much yeah. um, for people that it's really become like sort of my signature now and people yeah. know me for it. Yeah. Um, so it's, I would say that it's, and it's also, I think, my number one seller. So in terms of like song and just connects and stuff. so many people, yeah. doesn't it? Well, it's it's a great song for people to just be able to sing in their home by themselves yeah. if they don't want to deal with their own mental yeah. health with other people. There's no problem by using music as your therapy Absolutely. and being a part of Absolutely. that and associating yeah. it. You know, Absolutely. So, and I think we. Uh, I often bring that would be interesting for you guys to do too. Yeah. You know, if people can't afford the twenty five pound for therapy, working on you know music therapy because that's what I do in the states is yeah. I work on music therapy with people and finding yeah. you know people to really delve in for an hour with music therapy you know because it really does help and you me. run that on the stage I do yeah I do it on Skype too for international um, but it's, it's something you guys should look into because it's really Absolutely. it's like yeah. I mean there's painting therapy everywhere yeah. so why people don't do music therapy enough I don't understand yeah. because it's really it really heals the body yeah and, pe and I work with people that aren't vocalists I mean they you know I work with people from all over that's incredible yeah it's great so you should look into that too I'm just throwing just everything go. at you let's let's get out the diary because <laughs> <laughs> no, even like like dance is my therapy whenever I'm feeling so shit I'll go and dance it yeah. out like, and just like, get it out it gets out in yeah. such a way that talking can't do yeah. for right. me music yeah music's definitely my well to be able to look at a lyric and study it and like yeah. understand what the lyric actually means because a lot of people think they know a song and they're like oh I know the song I know these lyrics I know what it's about and then all of a sudden you're like you don't let's yeah. look at it and it becomes a brand new song they're like oh mm -hmm. oh yeah Oh, you know, it changes everything. Yeah. 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 There's totally. nothing yeah, there's nothing I love more than sitting down at the piano. I just wish yeah. I had a better piano in my house. I've got an electric keyboard. Oh, so no, it's fine, but you have something. Uh, I had that's what I had for many that's where yeah. I wrote some of my best songs on. Really? Oh yeah. I mean I have a piano now in, in Florida, but no, I had an electric keyboard oh, for years. You work that keyboard. You do. Well, so this weekend, I'll be there. You'll sit at there, but yeah. no, I wrote... Julie, Bougie, Mommy. Yeah, <laughs> and that she's going to do the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, what advice would you offer to people who um, are expressing through a creative outlet, such as writing, but are worried about putting it out there? Um, do it when you're ready. I think that would be... I think that's the best advice you can give to anyone. Do it when you're ready. It's like coming out. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know. Unfortunately, we have to come out. Unfortunately, we have to come out with depression. So, 
Um, do it when you're ready. Don't let anyone push you into saying, I suffer, or here's my words, and this is what I want to share. Um, but those that are writers, I would always say just be as honest as possible. And uh, forget about your rhyme. Yeah. Just tell the story and see where it takes you. You know, Because people look too much for the rhyme. And I don't. I do, I do fake rhymes all the time, and I know it drives other writers mad like they're always like you're a fake writer because you don't do a rhyme and I said no I'm a different kind of writer mm -hmm. I'm a therapy writer that's what I do I, I write therapy for myself and if people want to hear it they hear it yeah, and yeah. so yeah. you know who's to judge exactly yeah. you're incredible yeah. yeah I love that yeah. Our last question oh here we go could you walk into a room today and say I'm having a bad mental health day oh yeah of course I do it all the time I did it I did it on, uh, you know, I'm doing concerts at Zidell right now yeah. until tomorrow, um, and I did it Monday night. Was my concert? Monday? What's it? Wednesday? Uh, yeah, Wednesday. Monday. Yeah, so I did it on Monday night. Not that I was. I, I said that I'm having a bad vertigo day, and my vertigo leads me to having a really bad mental health day. And I said, and I said it on stage. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't hide anything anymore. I love that. Yeah, I've cried on stage singing anything worth holding on to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I talk about it all the time. I think it's, you, you have to get to a point where it just, it, it's a part of your conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you would say, I have a stuffed nose, I'm a little sick, or my throat's not feeling well today, so I'm not going to sound right. Why can't you say I'm having a mental health day? Yeah. I, I think you're the first person to say yes. Like, straight, straight out. out yes. Yeah, but why wouldn't you? Like, why could... A lot of people say it depends on what room. Oh, no, I would say it anywhere. But I'm a very loud person. You know, that's a part of our mask that we wear too. But like, I like to make people smile, but I also like to have conversation and be honest with people yeah. and let people know that, you know, I'm seeing them and they're being heard yeah. Yeah. as much as I want to be seen and be heard. You know, you treat people like yeah. you want to be treated. And you're inspiring other people to come out 100%. and tell them who yeah. you are. Yeah, I mean, I, I play tennis with someone, I'm not going to say his name on air because mm -hmm. again, it's not fair to someone else yeah, who de deals with uh, mental health as well. And he didn't tell me until I was like, I said it flat out. I said, oh, I'm having a really bad uh, day today. And he said, oh, you know, what's going on? I said, oh, no, I suffer from really bad depression. I'm just having a bad mental health day right now. And he's like, thank you. Mm -hmm. I suffer from mental health. Thank you for saying that. I was like, yeah, I couldn't get an erection this morning. And <laughs> it started from there. And then I felt really bad about myself. Even the medication didn't work. And he's like, I can't get an erection. I mean, it was like one of those things where like you start having the conversation with people and the people are like, oh, I can talk to you about this. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, and then you change. And then, you know, now we talk like that's most of our conversation yeah. because it opens up the wound, right? All yeah. of a sudden you go, okay, there's this this huge tsunami that's about to hit uh, and you feel it, it's coming on. Because you could always feel the mental health, uh, the, the, the down that's happening, like as it's inching, you go, it's about to happen. Yeah. And so the, the tsunami is about to hit and you're, you're sort of like doing anything you can to, to find shelter somewhere. Sometimes you just don't find shelter in time and it gets to the point where it hits you and you know you either survive it or you don't survive it you know and uh, the only thing I always say is you know just never feel like you're alone you know because there are so many people that suffer from this and you know 
make sure that you're surrounded by people that love you, which is very hard because in a world of social media, we think that we have to have 30, 40 friends up to, you know, a verified mark on, you know, these social media places. Uh, having one or two great friends, best friends is all you need in the world, but keep them close to you because those are the people that will know you best and will treat you with love and respect. And um, just keep fighting the good fight, you know, and if you feel like you're not strong enough, you know, we're fighting for you on the days when we're okay. There's still a fight for those of our friends and loves and people out in the world that are suffering as well. So just know that, you know, we're, we'll be strong for you for those days. So Amazing. Incredible. Incredible. Thanks for having me. And thanks for doing what you guys are doing. This is great. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, I can't and wait thank to you share. So much thank, you. No, thank you guys so much. We do need to play, finish the sentence yeah. before you go. Oh, yeah, yeah, please, yeah, yeah, go for yes. 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 So, uh, quick part. My favourite workout album is? Ooh, uh, oh, um, well, oh. <laughs> what is my favourite workout album? <sighs> Ever? Oh, just, or just, just now? Have but right now I've been listening to the new Ben Platt album I really love it it's really good it's better than I thought it would be it's very Billy Joelis I usually, I like Mariah Carey's Caution album I haven't liked her last ones her voice is no longer there that's okay the songs are there and that's what matters I will listen to a lot of depressing stuff like I listen to the oh, Carpenters yeah. at the, the the Donny Hathaway collection uh, Britney Spears I listen to Spice Girls I'll listen to everything and I listen to musical theater all the time <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry that was a long answer. no it's okay that's my dead or alive party guest would be uh, my dead or um um Celine Dion. Oh, yeah. queen. Um, <laughs> in the summer, I like to sleep. Uh, if I could have a superpower for the day, it would be sleeping. <laughs> my spirit animal is a, a sleeper. I <laughs> know uh, my spirit animal is a um a dog. I guess oh. just yeah. Um, today I am grateful for. I'm grateful for people like you who are doing what you're doing. So uh, thank you for continuing to do that and uh, asking me to be here today. And I'm grateful for being alive. Um, In the future, I want to be? Someone that inspires others to um, be truthful to who they are. You already did, yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, finally. No, I'm... keep on asking them. I love, <laughs> I love games. Games are fun. I'm, I'm a gamer. Um, I do. I have my Nintendo Switch here, so... Uh, <laughs> I am fabulous because... Because I'm fabulous. Yeah, you are. That's Scott. the end of the game. Thank you. Oh, damn it. Damn it. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much for listening to Industry Minds and we hope you enjoyed this week's episodes. Don't forget to subscribe to be the first to listen to our new episodes which are out every Thursday. If you are interested in our counselling service please email maryindustryminds at gmail.com or just get in touch with us. For news on future guests and events, oi oi, please check out our Instagram and Twitter accounts over at Industry Minds UK. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back with you soon. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Bye.